Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I feel sorry for the host in New York opposite me on WOR, Mr. Producer. Have you noticed this? I don't even remember his name, but I'm creaming the hell out of this guy. I'm sure he's nice like all the others who've come before. I could name them all. Some of them are actually well-known. No offense, that's my slot. 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern, baby, in New York, where I started. All right. I watched part of this hearing today, this January 6th committee. And ladies and gentlemen, if you've watched the other hearings, at least in part, this one took the cake. This one saw the members of this committee flailing around trying to figure out how to tie untieable knots together, how to connect dots that don't exist, absolutely flailing around, despite controlling this entire process from soup to nuts. You didn't learn a thing today. Now you had witnesses and videos and texts that people find very, very fascinating, very interesting. But this is an investigation of Donald Trump. This is an investigation of January 6th. It's like I've said from day one. It's like having a handful of prosecutors, all of whom are utterly incompetent boobs, and that's it. Run by Democrats. Trump did not seize voting machines. Trump did not seize drop boxes. Trump did not seize ballots. 
despite who suggested what to him. He did not use the military. He did not use the Department of HH, uh, Department of uh, Homeland Security. Didn't use the FBI. Didn't didn't call on any law enforcement. He didn't interfere with the transition in every single department. He assisted and authorized the transition. He did not call for a violent right. That's what we learned today. The utterly pathetic and specious efforts to tie him to the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and to the violence that took place was pathetic. Come to Washington, we'll have a wild time. He said months before. They talk about some of his tweets, which were not provocative. A tweet that he never even posted, they talk about, that was written by somebody else. Now they believe in the Oath Keepers. You have an Oath Keeper spokesman who testified today. He wouldn't have come to Washington, but for the fact that he listened to what Trump said, you know. Now this guy was arrested. He's pled. He hasn't been sentenced yet, and he blames Trump. Pathetic. You had an anonymous witness. One employee worked for Twitter. How many employees do they have? Four billion? I don't know. And what was his testimony? His testimony was that it was clear that Trump was calling out extremist groups on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have access to Twitter. We all have access to the social media. What's with the anonymous testimony? They talk about the debate. I think it was September 29th. When Trump said to the Proud Boys, something to the effect, they say, stand down, the time will come. Now, the whole world heard that. It wasn't exactly what he said, but I'm close enough. The whole world heard that. It didn't mean anything. Then they go back to some tweet on September 9th or September 11th. I thought we were talking about January 6th. They have no substantive evidence whatsoever tying Trump to the Proud Boys, to the Oath Keepers, to violence that day on Capitol Hill. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. They have no evidence whatsoever that Trump interfered with. Interfered with Congress voting that day. Now they have information that Trump and his campaign and his lawyers were trying to work the the state legislatures. That's constitutional. That's permitted under our system. That's Article 2. Section 1, Clause 2. That's permissible. And he's not the only president or candidate to have done that. And they brought 60 lawsuits and none of them succeeded. Excuse me. I don't even know what that means. They brought 60 lawsuits and none of them succeeded. The problem is not the lawsuits, but there are state legislatures under the federal constitution, not state courts, state legislatures who have the final say. And that case has now been teed up by North Carolina for the next term of the Supreme Court. And if the Supreme Court is consistent with Bush versus Gore, Consistent, the Bushies, with what they did in 2000 with the Republican state legislature in Florida, 
met and decided it would select the electors because of the rogue state Supreme Court in Florida, then the North Carolina Republican legislature should win. As they should have won in Pennsylvania, the Republican state legislature and every other Republican legislature. Now they're under attack. Now they're being subpoenaed. I've never seen such a crap hearing in my life. A completely crap operation. A joke. With 11 former federal prosecutors, two of whom were apparently former U.S. attorneys, working on this. It really is sort of a Stalinist clown show. I'm watching this. And now we have, what's the big news here? All the legal and constitutional illiterate reporters. What's the big news here? Cheney says President Trump tried to call a witness after last hearing. Now, number one, we all know Liz Cheney is a serial liar. She's lied about Republican colleagues. She lied about Hutchison. She is a liar. That much we know. And lucky her, she's not under oath. And lucky her, we don't see her texts and emails. She's a disgusting disgrace. But she's the best they have because she's the Cheney's daughter. And here it is, Rebecca Shabad, NBC News, ranking member, lieutenant, excuse me, Liz Cheney, said at the end of her closing statement that former President Donald Trump, quote, tried to call a witness in our investigation, unquote, following the committee's last hearing, which was June 20th. They've had a thousand witnesses. So what if he tried to call? This isn't a court of law. This is a hearing process, I thought. It's allowed to call whomever he wishes. That person declined to answer or respond to President Trump's call and instead alerted their lawyer to the call. Their lawyer alerted us, and this committee has supplied that information to the Department of Justice. For what? Let me say one more time, she said. We will take any efforts to influence witness testimony very seriously. What about your own, Cheney? What about your own? Unbelievable. And then Raskin, a Marxist whose father was a Marxist, tight with the old Soviets. Oh, yeah, it's true. American carnage is Donald Trump's true legacy. Ladies and gentlemen, what kind of hearing is this? The Watergate break-in was like a Cub Scout meeting compared to this assault on our people and institutions, Raskin says. What kind of a hearing is this? Capitol police officer injured on January 6th, forced to leave the department. It's horrible what happened to him. But what does that have to do with Trump? There's no direct connection. There's no tie. I'm waiting all day. Go ahead. Give it to us. Give it to us. Let's see the text. Let's see the email. Let's see the firsthand testimony. Nothing. Not by Trump's former staff. Not by his former lawyers. Not by anybody. Wow. And then there was a December 19th meeting. It was apparently quite a brouhaha in that room. 
They had, uh, what's her name, Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn, somebody else. They had uh, some of the president's lawyers from the counsel's office, including the White House counsel, and it was a real knockdown, dragout fight. Knockdown, dragout fight. The president was urged to take, we're told, drastic actions, including grabbing voting machines by uh, the outsiders, Sidney Powell. Now, I haven't heard this from Hearst. I haven't talked talk to her in years, so I don't know. Or Flynn or anybody else. But I don't doubt the testimony. Cipollone, Hirschman, so forth. Wow. Crazy. And what did the President of the United States do after that meeting? December 19th, December 20th, 21st, 22nd, right up to and including January 6th, what did he do? Did he direct the military to grab voting machines? No. Did he direct the Department of Homeland Security to grab voting machines? No. Did he direct anybody to grab voting machines? No. So what's the problem? What is the issue here? I thought this was a hearing on January. What is the issue here? What was the whole point of today's hearing, ladies and gentlemen? It's the point of the prior hearings. Smear job. Smear job. And they are desperate to get Trump indicted. I will tell you this. Should this Biden administration... Well, the pass is on indicting people who deserve to be indicted, including the president's son, perhaps his brother, won't even investigate them in Congress. Should this administration indict the former president of the United States, it will be the gravest act you talk about of insurrection of tyranny that this nation has ever faced since the Civil War. And I don't think the country will ever recover from it. They're trying to tear this guy Trump down. He was to have a rally on Friday. Now a a yokel judge in New York has insisted that he and his son and others testify in a matter involving the valuation of property in New York, the assessed valuation and the appraised valuation, anything, everything, it never ends. I'm not a special pleader for the president, President Trump. I'm a, sp- a special pleader for liberty, the rule of law, and the Constitution. I don't go with the flow. I go with the truth. I go with the truth. This committee is antithetical to our legal and constitutional systems. It is doing grave damage to this country, as are the media clowns and fools, which is why you hate them, which is why they, their rating is 
the second lowest next to Congress. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. In a few minutes, we'll have Jim Jordan on the program so we can tie a very tight knot around all this. I want to remind you folks, particularly in Florida or the environs, about July 22 to 23, it's a special event taking place at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. I will be there. It'll be the Sunshine Summit and Victory Dinner for the State Republican Party. I will be a moderator in two debates. There will be a total of four debates with congressional candidates in the Republican primary process. I won't be endorsing any of them. We want to bring somebody like me in and future other people to show that we can do this without the media. And uh, I want to thank uh, Governor DeSantis for his leadership on this. There's four new Republican districts, the 4th, the 7th, the 13th, and the 15th district. There's going to be a lot of uh, big wigs there. My buddy Byron Donalds will be there, Kate Kamek, uh, a representative. You'll have uh, Marco Rubio, the attorney general of the state, the lieutenant governor of the state, our buddy Lisa Booth, Dave Rubin, Molly Hemingway, Clay Travis, many, many others. It's the place to be, folks. You're going to have a ball. We're trying this out. We hope you'll participate. July 22nd to 23rd, go to sunshinesummit.org. Sunshinesummit.org. All the information's right there. We'd love to see you. And I can't wait to be the moderator of these debates. I'll also talk for about 10 or 15 minutes as well. Can't help it. It's what I do. I'll be right back. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. 
To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. Jim Jordan, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, Mark. How are you? I am very, very well. I am very hopeful that the Republicans take the House. I don't believe we... Mm-hmm. Just can assume a landslide. You got to earn a landslide. You got to go out there yep. and grab it and get it. Yep. And if we do take the uh, House Judiciary, uh, people are betting you'll be the chairman. Are there efforts underway now by the Republican leadership to ensure that the January 6th committee preserves all records, all information yep. they have collected, and all of their own information as well as that of the staff, so this can be looked yeah, at anew yeah. by the Republican House, assuming you take the House? Yeah, preservation letter uh, has been sent. Uh, you're exactly right. I know you've talked about this, and you're 100% on target. Uh, I mean, we've caught Think about this, Mark. We have caught them in eight different false things they have said. I mean, they lied about Bernie Carrick's travel. They lied about Barry Lauberman doing a tour. They lied about Jenna Ellis' documents. They lied about Eric Hirschman's notes. They lied about the Secret Service. They lied about me twice. Once when I forwarded a text message to Mark Mes- uh, Meadows, they changed all that. They, they, they misrepresented me big time when they did, played a video and left out that I was quoting Ruth Bader Ginsburg when I said the ultimate date of significance is January 6th in a presidential contest. And then we find out today that, or yesterday that when they when they interviewed Pat Cipollone, they didn't, they didn't corroborate the statement that, that, that Cassidy Hutchinson made where she said, uh, Cipollone said, if we go to the, the Capitol, we're going to charge all kinds of crime because he didn't say that. So we've mm-hmm. caught him in all these lies and we don't even get to cross-examine and look at the documents and, the, and look at the depositions, be a part of the deposition. And we've caught him in that many lies. So imagine how many other false things they're telling the American people. But I think it's important because they've called out at least half a dozen of their Republican colleagues, and they've lied about each and every one of you. Yep. Uh, I yep. think it's very, very important that their texts, in addition to what they've collected, and their emails, and their phone records, and that of Nancy Pelosi in particular, they say they've called a thousand witnesses. Well, that should be a thousand and one. And that she is also yeah. put on the spot where the information is. This isn't a January 6th committee. This is let's go after Trump again committee, isn't it? Totally. And it was that we knew that from the get go. They've been trying to get President Trump since since, you know, before he even got elected. You know what the FBI, what they did and they had two impeachments and now this. So, yeah, it's always about the, the, the focus has always been. To keep President Trump from running for office. They're not going to be successful. I think he's going to run. I think he's going to win. I hope that's the case. I'm, I'm for him 110% because I know when he gets in office, he actually stands and fights for the American people and does what he said he would do. That's what they don't like. They want this town to run, be run by the swamp in the same old, same old. They don't want like someone like President Trump who will come here and do what the American people sent him here to do. Now, Jim Jordan, I watched a lot of this hearing today, which is really very painful. The way it's all choreographed, they're flailing around, they're trying to figure out why they're there and put together, you know, cut and paste. And here's what I got out of this. Despite controlling the entire process, they're not exactly sure why they're there other than politically and to attack Trump. So Trump did not follow the advice to seize voting machines. Trump did not interfere with the the transition. In fact, he promoted the transition, even though he was making challenges. He didn't use the Mm -hmm. military. He didn't use the Department of Homeland Security. He didn't use the FBI. He didn't call. They couldn't find one shred of actual substantive evidence 
that he called for a violent riot or an insurrection. They have an anonymous Twitter employee, for God's sakes. They bring an Oath Keeper guy in who's pleading, begging to get his sentence reduced or make sure he gets a lenient sentence, who's up there blaming President Trump. He wouldn't have shown up otherwise. What the hell is this? This is a joke. No, and it- and they've they've yet to play the clip where President Trump did say peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. They put up today a draft tweet, a draft tweet that he yeah. didn't even send. Like you've got to be even right. But yeah, so holy cow! No, th- th- this is you know today was like like I said we've caught him in eight different lies. That's without the ability to cross-examine. And their star witness, at least appeared to me on television, their star witness had a tattoo on his forehead. That's the January 6th committee? Okay, I guess. But, you, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and I think, again, the American people see it for what it is. And I think it's going to be one of the reasons why that uh, this, this election, this midterm election, again, don't be overconfident, but be confident, campaign confidently. Uh, I think we're going to win. I think there's a chance we win, Dick. No, work. Work hard. Fight like you're behind, like a, mil- a political yep, operation. It's a military operation without the weapons. You got to yep. always, yep. always prepare for the worst. And no, that's right. And the Senate. I worry about the Senate a lot, and I don't, won't drag you too. into my world. But uh, I think the leadership there is so pathetically weak. Anyway, I want to ask you another question about all this, this January mm-hmm. 6th stuff. If and when you guys do take... Uh, the House, and you do have this Judiciary Committee, and you hold hearings. Are you going to look into to the, this? Why into this Hunter Biden? Are you going to look into all these other issues that have taken place that the Democrats have refused to even look at? Yeah, like like the, the 150 uh, cases where the where the Treasury has said there's some suspicious activity going on. These suspicious activity reports. For goodness sakes, my guess is the vast, vast, vast majority of Americans never get one, but you got. One individual with 115, he happens to be the son of the vice president of the United States and now the president of the United States, and we're not allowed to see that. This is, this is, this is Congressman Comer, who's the top Republican on the Oversight Committee, who's asked to see all that. So, yes, that's something that needs to be examined because that – I mean, they don't just do those. That, that's because there's big, big amounts of money being moved around in accounts. That, that's the kind of stuff that, that gets a suspicious activity flag beside it. Um, that, so that is something that has to be investigated, and, and Congressman Comer from Kentucky, who's the top Republican on the uh, Oversight Committee, is, uh, is committed to looking into that. Let me tell you what's not discussed much. Under the federal Constitution, we have a clause called the Take Care Clause, and it's a requirement that the president and the executive, his, uh, his subordinates, quote, take care that the laws be faithfully executed, unquote. So not only is the president supposed to shape policy, he is to ensure that existing laws in the Constitution are upheld. That's his job, yep. whether he likes the law or not. There's been plenty of yep. Supreme Court decisions on this. He has violated every significant immigration law in the books, not just the Trump policies, the immigration right. laws. He's undermined the administrative law judge process. He's undermined the deportation process. He's undermined every significant legal immigration law we have. How is that not a clear black and white violation of the federal constitution worthy of at least an impeachment inquiry? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. Uh, now, if we, the, the impeachment decision, I think, is it has to be a decision that the entire Republican conference makes if, in fact, uh, we're, we're the American people put us in, in the majority. But you're right. And I always point out and the way you described it, I think you understand this as well. This is intentional. 
What they are doing, this is not by accident. This is by design. This is premeditated. This is deliberate, what they're doing to our border. And frankly, I would argue the same applies across all policy areas. What they're doing to the price of energy is intentional. They deliberately want to drive up the price of energy because they're so committed to their crazy climate agenda. What they're doing to inflate, that's intentional because when you drive up the price of energy, you know you're going to get, you're going to get record prices in the 41-year high inflation rate that we now have. What they're doing on the crime area, when you have policies that defund the police and, and treat rioters and say rioters and looters are peaceful protesters and all the crazy stuff that these district attorneys are doing, you're going to get more crime. So everything is intentional. And you're exactly when you intentionally don't follow the law and create these kind of situations, this terrible environment for the American people. It's why uh, it's why, Mark, that nine out of 10 of our fellow citizens think the country's headed in the wrong direction. They think that because it is. And I haven't even got into what they're trying to do to our First Amendment and Second Amendment liberty. So, yeah, I, I, I think we do have to look at that very seriously and make a decision as a conference. And then if we do full steam ahead, we've got to have the courage to do what we told the voters we were going to do if, in fact, they give us the majority. Communist China is a real threat. I mean, they are a real threat. Their Navy is now larger than ours. They have subs now. They have uh, aircraft carriers mm-hmm. now. They have a serious air force. They have virtually an iron grip on the South China Sea and the East China Sea. People don't talk about that across from Japan. They are building bases on the west coast of Africa. They have their eyeballs on the Solomon Islands, where my great uncle fought on Guadalcanal and so forth. Uh, They are contractors to parts of the Panama Canal. I mean, they are on the move. Yep. They are yeah. on the move. They are have an alliance with uh, with Iran, and I really don't feel like our leadership is is really responding to this. Even in Congress, they're going to increase spending by forty billion over the Biden budget. I'm telling you, Congressman, we got to catch up and we got to get ready because these yeah. guys well, mean business. And the sad thing is, this administration is going just the opposite direction. I, I, I mean. We are at like 40% of our recruitment goals for uh, new enlistees into our military. Um, we're getting ready to let go hundreds of, of trained pilots. I mean, think about the taxpayer investment into these, these sharp people who are going to be our fighter pilots. They're, get, they're leaving because of the COVID vaccine mandate that's been placed on our troops. We're going to lose thousands of National Guard people. So, so meanwhile, China's doing all that you just described, and we have – Biden and Milley and Austin putting in place the policies that are going to kick guys out of the military when we can't even meet our recruiting standards, uh, our recruiting uh, numbers uh, and goals uh, as we speak. It's 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 utterly shocking. And uh, yeah, one more Iran. Iran is at ground zero now. Iran has the capacity yeah. to make a nuclear bomb. That's where they are. Even the U.N. is concerned about IAEA. Uh, mm-hmm. And Biden's still looking to negotiate with them at the table, and they keep dragging their feet. The Iranians are laughing at us. They're, they've built an alliance with Russia. They've built an alliance with China, military alliance. Putin's going now to visit Iran, visit Iran and Turkey, the three of them. Yeah. How? I mean, no, look at what we had 20 months ago with the Abraham Accords, I and know. look what we have today. <laughs> Abraham Accords, embassy in Jerusalem, building the wall, cutting taxes, reducing regulation, putting conservatives on the court. And I'm just getting started. I mean, the country now sees what a contrast from real leadership 
with President Trump and his team. You know, the other thing I told a group the other day, Mark, it never hurts to have smart people in charge. So think about think about the comparisons between Mnuchin and Yellen. Yellen said five weeks ago, I don't know, we're, we're sort of surprised by this inflation. And I'm like, how can you be surprised? You spend like crazy, you pay people not to work, and you drive up the cost of energy, and you're surprised that we get inflation? I mean, it, 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 compare Pompeo to Blinken. Compare President Trump, for goodness sake, to, to President Biden. So the country sees it, I think, clearly, and they understand what real leadership was that we had under President Trump, and now what we have was the Biden administration. So, and look at this um, Justice Department, by the way. You know, they're investigating the PGA now. They're investigating. I mean, they they go wide afield. They investigate state legislatures, Republican state legislatures. They investigate parents. I mean, this PGA is one of the reasons crime is through Arabia, the roof, right? What's yeah, that? The, the investigate the, they announced they're investigating the PGA the week that, that Biden's gone to Saudi Arabia. I wonder if there's any. I mean, I don't know that there is, but you just got to wonder. No, it's 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 scary what we see um, from the January 6th committee. That's we never had a committee in the history of Congress like this. To what we see from the Biden administration, the attacks on our person, Second Amendment rights, foreign policy, you name it, they haven't done one thing right. Uh, again, uh, the good news is the country understands that, and the country's going to make a change. We just got to go out and campaign hard and make sure it happens. All right. We appreciate it. Jim Jordan, keep up the good work. God bless you, my friend. You too, brother. Thanks for all you do. All right. You too. Take care. And on this PGA issue, the the Saudis have set up their own, I guess, tournament or league, golf association called LIV, I guess, the LIV Tour. And a number of golfers are being paid an enormous amount of money, guarantees, Guarantees up front. And some of them are jumping into this into this Saudi sponsored association. I want to salute Tiger Woods. The guy is very, very loyal, at least when it comes to the PGA, and he has made the point and he said today, look, I don't understand this. You got a lot of young guys jumping over to this thing. They've never really been part of the Pro Tour. They don't know what it's like to walk Augusta. And these under uh, these other magnificent courses, and uh, you know there's 72 rounds with the PGA. I think there's 56 rounds that they're uh, excuse me 54 rounds that they're going to be doing with the Saudi um, association. I mean, honestly, folks, he's right. The PGA and other American associations with golf have built up the whole sport and have made many of these golfers extremely wealthy I mean you know it's like anything else the early days of a given sport 1960s 1950s they weren't making much money at all and you had great great players man I mean Nicholas and Palmer and you can go down the list just fantastic golfers player I shouldn't even start it and later Ray Floyd and there's so many that I love. Uh, Trevino. love to watch him. Trevino. And others. There was a black golfer by the name of Elder. He was absolutely terrific. Also one of my favorites as well as uh, I get. Anyway, so they made this sport. They made the PGA. They hand it off to the next generation, which hands it off to this generation. And apparently they don't respect it. So kudos to Tiger Woods. I think he's 100% right 
and these guys jumping ship, even some of these senior guys are getting paid a ton to go over. No loyalty whatsoever. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. We have Supreme Court justices who are being threatened, one with his life. Their homes are being attacked with verbal abuse and protesters particularly those with little children, in violation of federal law, a felony that the Attorney General of the United States refuses to enforce, busy chasing down parents at school board meetings where he has no jurisdiction whatsoever. Now there's a group that's putting out kind of a hit squad. Uh, They want um, to reward people with actual payments, 50 bucks. If they identify a Supreme Court justice in a public place, And if that Supreme Court justice is still there in the public place, when the goons show up, they'll get another $200 or $250. This does not appear to concern Meritless Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, the U.S. attorneys in Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Maryland. They seem to be perfectly fine with this. They're busy chasing the PGA and other stuff. And uh, the Democrat leadership, including Mr. Negative IQ there in the White House, shuffles uh he uh he doesn't even comment on it instead we have to keep hearing about january 6th and uh and all the other conspiracy nonsense that they're spewing from this committee i'll be right back this segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by pure talk pure talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing today. Quite remarkable, some of the stuff that came out of this committee. They had, among others, 
UC Berkeley law professor Kira Bridges, who is a radical leftist. And uh, you wonder why so many law students and then lawyers are nuts. That's why. I know I had to deal with a lot of these professors. You got to go against the stream. You got to fight them. Senator Maisie Hirono is a complete reprobate, malcontent, and miscreant all in one. She hates America. She hates America. I'm going to prove it to you. Here she is at the hearing today, was on C-SPAN. Post-America, Roe versus Wade, that was the hearing. Post-America, Roe versus Wade. Cut to go. Professor Bridges, you noted that Justice Alito chose 1868 as the historical basis for his decision in overturning Roe. And I agree with you. What is so special about 1868? And not only that, with uh, the attitude or the approach of originalism, they, uh, the justices who take that approach go all the way back to our founding fathers and pretend that they know what our founding fathers meant when they drafted the Constitution. I use the word pretend because who the heck would, should, would, would know what our founding fathers meant? Um, is there any reference to AR-15 rifles in our Constitution? No. So uh, you noted that this is an outcome-based approach to our Constitution, and that is what uh, Justice Alito applies. I just wish... There was some kind of IQ test before these people could take these positions in government. I really do. And I just wish these law professors weren't tenured. I really do. Yeah, one whack job talking to another whack job, in my humble opinion. Maisie Hirono really doesn't want to know what the Constitution means. She doesn't even want to give it a try. She disrespects the nation's founding. She disrespects the founders, as does Kyra Bridges, in my view. So all this is for naught. But I will will answer Maisie Hirono. What does originalism mean? These people think they know what the founding fathers meant. Well, where the hell does abortion come from? That's not even in the Constitution. We know they didn't mean to put abortion in the Constitution because they didn't. That's an easy one. That's actually a very easy one. These are state matters. Now, how do we know it? I have no idea how much time Professor Bridges has taken... Maisie Hirono, probably none whatsoever, studying the Constitutional Convention, studying the conventions in the states, where there are documents available, because I know I've studied them in a number of these state conventions. We know a lot about what they thought. We know a lot about the context of the words that they used. And we know a lot about the environment, the circumstances that existed at the time. What bothers Maisie Hirono and Kyra Bridges is that we have a constitution. Not that it's difficult to interpret. 
Where there's ambiguity, there's ambiguity. But where there's ambiguity, the court doesn't step in and make the law. We know they didn't mean that. There's a lot we know about the framers of the Constitution of the United States. And it's not just the men who met in Philadelphia. It's the men who met at the conventions in the various states. In the various states, the 13 states. When you hear these ignoramuses go on about it was a relative handful of slave-owning men, white men, of course, white, did I say white slave-owning men who met in Philadelphia, we don't have to abide by what the hell they've said. Where the hell do you think your free speech comes from? And due process and probable cause and searches with a warrant. And the takings clause, and on and on and on. Where the hell do you think all these things come from? The sky? They don't have them in any other country. It's called the Bill of Rights. It was added later. You know why the Bill of Rights was added later? Anybody know? Because those states, which they hate, at those conventions, they had a number of amendments they wanted to add to the Constitution. And the concern was that they start the entire process all over again, They'll never come to a conclusion. So the promise was made when the first Congress meets, they will consider issues raised by the states at their conventions. There was an enormous amount of input from all over the body politic. These conventions were made up of not just state legislators, but people from the towns, people from the cities, people from the farms. They were conventions. Very quote-unquote democratic, if you will, right? And each state had their input. And there was checking and balancing and debate and back and forth, not just at the Constitutional Convention, but at all the conventions. And so in the end, it was ratified... They needed nine of the 13 states. Eventually, they got all 13. It was a big fight in New York, big fight in Virginia, big fight in Pennsylvania, even a big fight in Massachusetts, the four big states. Which is why we got the Federalist Papers. John Jay, Madison, and the bulk of it, Hamilton. And Hamilton had 500 books of the Federalist Papers published, 50 of which he sent to Virginia because Virginia was a close call. New York was a close call. And as you know, I had one of those versions that was sent to Virginia, and I donated it to the Hillsdale College where it's on display. There wasn't just a handful of white slave owners who did this. And how did they come up with these brilliant ideas? They didn't have a bureaucracy. They didn't have professors whispering in their ears. There was no Karl Marx. How did they come up with these great ideas? Because they looked at ancient history and the present events that were taking place. They were a thousand times more intelligent 
not necessarily by schooling, but many were, than Maisie Hirono. They came up with a constitution that limited their own power. Whether any one of them would become president or vice president, or any one of them become a senator or a member of the House, or any one of them would become a justice to the Supreme Court, they limited their own power. They limited their own power. Nobody had ever seen this in the history of mankind. Just as the court in the Dobbs case limited its own power, so we don't have the power to do this. We haven't seen that in decade after decade after decade. Justice Washington chose not to run for president a third time. He didn't want to be an emperor. And there were no effectively political parties when he ran. He was it. Senator Maisie Hirono wants to know how we know what those men thought who drafted the Constitution. I would suggest that Maisie walk across the Capitol grounds one day. She doesn't even need a permit. Over to a building called the Library of Congress. There's shelf after shelf after shelf of books, of manuscripts, of essays, of notes. If she's really serious about wanting to know what the framers thought. In more cases than not, the information is available for her to read. But she's a moron. She's intellectually illiterate. Professor Kyra Bridges, from what I could see, is an idiot lock. And it's not that they don't want to discern what the framers meant. That's for sure. They don't. And in some cases, it's quite clear. In other cases, it's a little less clear. In some cases, we don't know. They don't take that approach to interpreting the Constitution. They don't want to know what the framers intended. They have no respect for them. What does Marx tell them? What do the American Marxists tell them? What did their professors tell them? The world begins today. The institutions either bend to their ends or the institutions can't be justified. They must be destroyed either literally or through interpretation. There, Maisie, I hope I educated you. If I were on that committee, she'd be interrupting me left and right with very, very stupid comments. I'll be right back. Lovin. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. 
So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Professor Kyra Bridges, UC Berkeley Law Professor. The hearing on legal concerns in a post-Roe America called by the Democrats. She's questioned by Senator John Corn in Cut 3, Go. And that for your, your way of thinking, that happens when more black babies are aborted. I believe, I trust, I love black people with the capacity for pregnancy. I think they have agency. They and have she's black too, by the way. Go ahead what is best for themselves. And I would love to create the conditions under which they can live lives that are filled with dignity and humanity. And do you think a, do you think a, a baby that is delivered alive has value? Yes. Do you think that a, um, a, a baby that is not yet born has value? I believe that a person with a capacity for pregnancy has value. They have intelligence, they have agency. They no, have I'm dignity. talking about the baby. And I'm talking about the person with the capacity. For and I'm, you're not answering the question. I'm asking. I'm, you I'm, think answer, that a, I'm answering you, a more interesting you think question that, to you me. You think that a baby that is not yet born, let's say the day before this mother delivers, do you think that baby has value? I think that the person with the capacity for pregnancy has value and they have the they should have the ability to control what happens to their lives. Well, and, and I just note you refuse to answer the question. She, she can't answer the question. She can't answer the question. First of all, she says, I think the person with the capacity for pregnancy. She won't say the mother or the woman. So you're dealing with insanity here. And she won't answer if the baby has value even one minute before birth. And I've been saying over and over again, and you listeners know this. That's the point to press over and over again because it exposes how radical the Democrats and their professors and their ideologues are. They're out of their minds. Then Professor Kyra Bridges, UC Berkeley Law School, is questioned by Josh Hawley. Cut for a go. Before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Maskey, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans what? people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have 
attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I no. don't think can <laughs> so. Get you are denying that trans people like this, thing. and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, 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 they're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot. Just I know. This exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. <sighs> Crazy. Crazy. Then we go to Little Dick Durbin of the great state of Illinois, where we went from Lincoln to Little Dick Durbin. And the great state of Florida, where we've gone to Joe Scarborough, which is basically a homeless guy cleaned up and put on TV, pretty much, I would say, uh, but has the capacity of a Anyway, let's go. Cut five. Go. I know uh, Joe Biden has been attacked by many people inside the Democratic Party for not doing enough uh, post row. But what can the president do? What can you do to stop these sort of heinous laws from staying in effect? Whoa, whoa, Joe, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy's come full circle, hasn't he? He's a cuckoo clock. That's what he is. He has decided he knows who butters his bread, as they say. And he's not even good at being a fraud. Who can stop these heinous laws from staying in effect? These heinous laws. Joe, uh, Durbin used to be opposed to abortion, by the way, when he was in the House. Go ahead. And, of course, we understand the president is considering declaring this a public health emergency. And what that means, uh, we are still waiting to hear. Uh, this will be the first of its kind uh, in terms of executive orders. But I think he's trying to establish the assistance of the federal government in the procurement of abortion procedures uh, outside of the states that abandoned. Right, stop. States can only ban abortion within their borders. They can't abort ban abortion outside their borders. Everybody in the world knows that. These fools should know it, but they play games. Secondly, you can't just claim a public health emergency. They pull this. They've tried it with the uh, vaccines and the masks. It doesn't work. It didn't work. Plenary power when it comes to health issues belongs with the states. That's why they couldn't force everyone to get a vaccine. Who doesn't work for the federal government? I'll be right back. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest. I was nervous at first, thinking... Well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand, the 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast and save 50% off your first month. 
You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When Mark Levin speaks, the backbenchers take notes. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, the people who keep cheering on this January 6th committee, let me tell you my hope, Mr. Producer. I hope that one day, when they find themselves in legal peril, that they receive the same kind of process that all these other people are receiving who are facing potentially criminal charges for non-criminal activities who are being publicly humiliated by a process that does not allow all the evidence or the truth to be provided. Whether it's a divorce case or a car accident case, whether it's a private trespass case, contract case, or something more severe, I hope they face exactly the same kind of so-called justice as they are applauding today. It's really unbelievable. There is a, uh, a new Pew poll, Pew, Republicans are far more likely to support Israel than Democrats. Now, we knew this was coming. I've said many times, if you hate America, you hate Israel. If you hate Israel, you hate America. That's pretty much the way it goes. Most Democrats now view, this according to Israel National News, Israel unfavorably, Paul finds. Israelis have less confidence in Biden's leadership than in Trump's. As President Joe Biden embarks on his first visit to Israel as president, he does so against an amicable backdrop. A large majority of adults in both Israel, 89%, and the United States, 74%, think current bilateral relations are in good shape, Pew Study has found. More than half in each country also have a favorable view of the other country. Though 83% of Israelis have positive views of the U.S., just 55% of Americans who say the same about Israel. You notice how that number is dropping? Because the growth of anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party and in our cities is enormous. The growth of anti-Semitism in Democrat communities, in the Democrat Party, is enormous. Enormous. The Israeli survey took place March 16 to May 1. Since Biden has taken office, Israeli confidence in the U.S. president has fallen. 60% saying they have confidence in Biden to do the right thing regarding world affairs, down from 71% who said the same of Trump in 2019. Donald Trump is adored in Israel, as you can imagine, as he is in many other countries, in the East Bloc as well. Countries that have had to confront terrorism, fascism, and Marxism. Israelis are also less likely to attach positive descriptions of strong leader, 41%, and charismatic, 27%, to Biden in 2022, than they were to describe Trump the way, that way in 2017. They are also much less likely to describe Biden as dangerous than they were to view Trump that way. 21% for Biden, 42% for Trump. 
and it goes on. So the Democrat Party has a hate on for Israel, which is a Jewish state. That's why it was founded. Now, what else did they find? Among Jewish religious subgroups, opinion varies markedly. About 8 in 10 secular Jews in Israel have confidence in Biden, compared with 58% of traditional Jews and only half of Orthodox Jews. Well, the Orthodox Jews are correct. Secular Jews. These are the ones that all vote Democrat. All vote Democrat. All support organizations that hate Israel. Really pathetic. Now, in the U.S., views of Israel differ substantially across partisan lines and among age groups. Among Republicans and independents who lean toward the Republican Party, 71% have positive views of Israel compared with 44% of Democrats and independents who lean toward the Democrat Party. Two-thirds, 69% of those age 65 and older, and 60% of those age 50 to 65 have positive views of Israel, while opinion among younger age groups is more mixed. And that is why at these universities and colleges, anti-Semitism is rabid right now. Now, you want to know the truth? You've got these Marxist tenured professors. Marxists tend to hate Jews. And other minorities, by the way. You've got an influx of students from all over the world, especially the Middle East, including Muslim and Arab countries. Not all, but where many have a real hate on for the Jews and the Israelis, as you well know. And so when those individuals populate in part our colleges and universities and more and more of them become immigrants into the country, you can see the growing hate. You got groups like CARE, You've got other groups with past associations with the mother, Muslim Brotherhood. They're in this country. A majority, 56% of those under 30, have an unfavorable view of Israel. I want you to think about that. Under age 30. Why? Why? Well, why was Black Lives Matter anti-Semitic? Right there on their website. They supported BDS movement against Israel. AOC and the other commies support the BDS movement. This is a Palestinian hate Jew movement to try and destroy Israel economically. Israelis are divided over whether Biden is striking the right balance between the Israelis and the Palestinian Authority. Well, they'll soon learn that he's not. They'll soon learn that he's not. There's a particularly sharp divide in views of the U.S. between Israeli Jews and Arabs. About 9 in 10 Jews, 93%, have a favorable view of the United States, compared with 38% of Israeli Arabs. Go figure. So 93% of Israeli Jews have a favorable view of the United States. Boy, that's more than Jews in our country, in my opinion, being one, I can see. Compare with 38% of Arabs who are Israeli. Think about that. 
A similarly large difference exists between those who identify as Jewish, 93% favorable to Israel, Muslims, 34%, Jewish religious groups, however, very little in their opinions. The majority of Israelis, 55%, disapprove of Biden's plans to reopen the U.S. consulate in Eastern Jerusalem. Here, all this work, all this activity, we open our embassy, move it from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. And Biden now wants to undermine that effort by opening a Palestinian consulate in Jerusalem. East Jerusalem. What Biden continues to do, let me just be blunt, Biden has never supported the state of Israel. From his early days as a racist and segregationist with the plantation owners from Mississippi, Stennis, among others, Biden has always had this problem, has always had this issue. And so has Obama. I called Obama on multiple occasions an anti-Semite. I believe it to this day. I believe it to this day, the way he treated Netanyahu, the way he treated Israel, the things they did at the United Nations that were never done before to the state of Israel. Americans have little awareness of the boycott, divestment, and sanctions BDS movement against Israel, one of the most prominent groups in the U.S., calling for boycotts of Israeli companies and sporting, cultural, and academic institutions. Only 3% of Americans have heard a lot about PDS. 12% have heard some. 31% have heard not much. 53% have heard nothing. But this is the movement that's being pushed. These uh, economic and cultural boycotts. And Biden is undermining the defenses of Israel and American support for Israel. And again, he's not the only one. The Democrat Party is full-throated in this. Now, you would think differently, right? You would think there's Schumer, the head of the Democrat Party in the Senate. He's Jewish, but he's mostly a secular Jew who puts his party before his faith, as my wife likes to say, and it's true. He could have really fought Obama on this phony Iran deal, which has now wound up arming the Iranians with nuclear missiles. He voted against it. He was passive. He was tepid. And as the leader of the Democrats, he didn't fight it. Because he wants to have it both ways. And many of the uh, so-called secular Jews in Congress vote exactly the same way. Got this idiot from Maryland, Cardin. Just one, but there are more. But it's not only the secular Jews, it's the secular period. Whether they be secular Christians, specifically Catholics, or secular Protestants, or whomever they are. The fact of the matter is that these people do not support the state of Israel any more than they support the states of the United States. There's a lot of people with no faith. Their only faith is in the federal government. So it is the secularists for the most part, but not exclusively, but for the most part, who holds this this viewpoint. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark 
Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile are charging you a premium fee every month for data you don't use. Stop paying for things you don't use. Instead of paying $89 a month to your current provider, pay just $20 to Pure Talk for what you actually need. I made the switch, and I'll be honest, I was nervous at first thinking, well, is the coverage really going to be that good? Am I going to drop calls, slow internet? I can tell you firsthand. The 5G service is that good. Switching to Pure Talk was that easy. So listen, don't sit on the fence any longer. You're being ripped off by greedy wireless companies. It's time to take the leap and start saving money every month. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast and save 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. So go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Let's see here. I sent you a clip that was pretty long, as I recall. Hold on here. I'm trying to find it. Do you know where it is? You didn't get it. Boy, my outbox on my iPhone is all screwed up. It's very, very bad. How much time do we have? When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what I have. I've got a busy third hour here. Well, I want to have time to play a song for you. John John Andrasdick is uh, with Five for Fighting. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine. He put out this song. Many of you may have seen it on Fox. Can One Man Save the World? It's a beautiful song. And he plays it with the Ukrainian orchestra, which they have to piece back together in the middle of these bombed-out areas. I knew about this really before most people did, excuse me, because he sent me this song and asked me to keep it confidential. He also asked me, who would I compare the uh, president of Ukraine to? I said Churchill, in many respects. And uh, so he gave me a call, or I called him, I don't remember, I called him back, and we we both went on the internet together, and we saw some of this Churchill footage. And that's in his song. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. So we will have John on, on Drosnik. Uh, from uh, Five for Fighting. He's a great patriot. He loves our country. He loves freedom. And uh, he deserves our attention as far as I'm concerned. And uh, can one man save the world? Well, right now, ladies and gentlemen, Ukraine needs the kinds of weapons, not just a bunch of weapons, the kinds of weapons that can reach where the Russians are dug in. What Putin is doing now is he's meeting with the Iranians. He's going to be meeting with the Iranians and the Turks, but he's going to be meeting with the Iranians, and they're going to supply him with up to 20,000 drones, many of which are armed. 20,000 drones, many of which are armed. Technology they stole from us. You remember that time that... uh, One of our drones sort of just petered out over the sky or was shot down or whatever it was. And the Iranians grabbed a hold of it. Well, they learned from that. Like all these regimes, they have to steal the technology. Well, they stole the technology. 
As a matter of fact, about a week ago, the Israelis shot down three armed Iranian drones, I think, that were sent into Israeli airspace, I think, by Hezbollah. I could have that slightly off, and they shot them down. So, again, we will see. But uh, this was an inspiring and is an inspiring song to me. And I hope it inspires the Ukrainian people. And God bless those people. This modern genocide is unbelievable. So please do come back. We're going to talk to John, and we're going to play his song. I'll be right back. In 2008, Luke's Wings, a nonprofit based in Washington, was formed to support wounded, ill, and injured service members and their families in times of crisis. Designed to bring the love of family to the bedside of catastrophically wounded warriors at Walter Reed, this small organization has proven critical to the well-being of military families across the nation. It has removed one of the most expensive line items during the recovery process, the cost of travel, and has even proven to save lives and save marriages by reducing the risk of suicide and keeping spouses closer. Special lines of effort exist to support wounded warriors, veterans in hospice, fallen law enforcement officers, and the special operators via a formal partnership with Special Operation Command's Care Coalition. Save their number, 512-971-9848. That's 512-971-9848 for emergency travel support anytime, day or night. And help Luke's Wings continue to support those who protect our liberties. Visit lukeswings.org, that's Luke's, L-U-K-E-S, wings, W-I-N-G-S, dot org, to make monetary or mileage donations, to request a flight. That's lukeswings.org. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Who is this comedian? His audience, more mass than men. The Superman Ukrainian. One man saved the world. Listen to it. Great grandson of the Holocaust, an Eastern heart the West has lost. Nail or carry up his cross, I don't know. But he's got everyone thinking. Yeah, he's got all of us thinking. Can one man save the world? 
This is a fantastic song. The video is even more powerful with the song. We have the author, the singer, the producer, the director. John Andrazic, how are you, my friend? Mark, a pleasure to talk to you again. How is this song being received, and how do people get a hold of it if they want to get a hold of it? You know, it's uh, it's out there on the streaming the streaming platforms, the, the video with the Ukrainian orchestra that we, that we filmed in Kiev six weeks ago in front of the Maria, the plane that Putin destroyed, uh, is available on, on all the YouTubes, Rumble. So just Google, you know, can, can women save the world with the, the Ukrainian orchestra? And it's, it's out there. You actually went to Kiev. You, yeah. Where'd you find the orchestra? That's a good question. And, you know, it's kind of a crazy story. Ironically, it started with Afghanistan. Uh, after I'd written blood on my hands, I, I somehow find myself embedded with, with these incredible private groups rescuing Americans and Afghan allies. And one of the groups was a group called Save Our Allies. Uh, you know them well, Mark, because they were the people who saved <clears throat> Benjamin Hall's life uh, uh, in Russia. I literally saw the ambulance that he was in, and I met the man who drove it and saved his life. And they were operating in Afghanistan, and, and we were doing some work there. And, and when Ukraine started, they moved their operations. I'd written this song, Can One Man Save the World? And they, uh, they knew about it, and we thought, well, why don't we do a song with, with, with the Polish orchestra? Because Poland has been so great in this conflict and I asked one of the Save Our Allies folks to connect with them, and they said, uh, let, let me call you back. And two days later, they said, how would you like to do it with the Ukrainian orchestra? And I said, exactly what you did. Do they exist? <laughs> and it turns out they're scattered across the country, but the Ukrainian military was uh, really on board for this project. And so we somehow got them a six-hour window to record the song, and I found myself in, in Kiev after a crazy journey, and there we were in front of the Maria with the orchestra playing this song. It was uh, surreal and a minor miracle. What, what is, you know, you, Gary Sinise, a handful of others, what is it that draws you to this? In other words, you and I are on the same side of this thing. I hear the Putin defenders in this country, and it drives me crazy. They're slaughtering these, these Ukrainians unprovoked, and they're trying to fight for their lives. It's good versus evil. Isn't that what draws you to this? To me, it's pretty simple. I, I think we have a lot of issues in this country that we can argue about. But as you said, it, it, sometimes it's just good versus bad. And, and I, I talked to this guy, Seaspray, the guy who, who saved Benjamin Hall's life, and I, I asked him the question, like, why do you do this? And he just kind of looks at me and smirks because we know the answer. It's the same reason we try to rescue the, the allies we abandoned in Afghanistan. You know, they're losing their freedom. They're suffering under tyranny. Y Ukraine... Of course, you know, Putin's trying to reconstitute the Soviet Union. How could you not try to support them? That's who we are. We're Normandy, right? You know, we're the Berlin Wall. It's in our blood. So, you know, one, one blessing for me being around these, these heroes is that it inspires me to be a better version of myself. And I agree with you. Um, there's really, <laughs> it's hard, it's hard, there's no moral equivalency in Ukraine. These people are being attacked, destroyed, atrocities, and... Uh, if we're not there supporting them, I think the consequences 
move very far beyond Ukraine. I don't want to be writing songs in Taiwan in two years, and I don't want our soldiers on the Polish border fighting this war in two years. So, as you said, it, to me, it's, it's not hard. And all you have to do is read what uh, Putin signed, I don't think he wrote it, thousands of words long last summer this time, and he talks about it. He makes it very clear that uh, we're going to cut through Ukraine and then uh, Eastern Europe, get ready particularly Poland, as a matter of fact. So uh, it's not like uh, we stay out of this and there's no problem. The problem is Putin and Russia. And now he's meeting with the Iranians, and they're going to give him uh, uh, thousands, I think, if they can, uh, certainly hundreds of of, uh, armed drones to use against the Ukrainians. And he's using Syrians against the Ukrainians. And he's using his favorite hit squad against the Ukrainians. And he's using Chechnyans and... And, uh, and others against the Ukrainian. It's all against them. It's pretty sickening, isn't it, John? Well, look, you know, you tell me when appeasement works in history, and it'll be the first time. And I think mm-hmm. there's a reason I put Winston Churchill in this video. And, and thank you for the phone call and directing me to some great footage about that, that shot that we used. And, yeah, it, it's, it's very similar. And I, and I think, like, like, uh, like Churchill, I think Zelensky is trying to drag the rest of us to the right side of history. But it's uh, right now the prognosis is not great. And you know that. You talk about that every day on your show. Russia now basically controls 20% of Ukraine. And if there's not a dynamic change, they're probably going to lose the war. And uh, that's what this song is, and that's what this video particularly is with this orchestra. Um, it's a cultural salvo. Look, Russia's been economically isolated, politically isolated, but the Russian people need to understand that they are cultural pariahs. They've been told they're the heroes in this. But, you know, I'm calling for a Live Aid-type concert with all the biggest bands in the world, yet Live Aid, yet some city, to let the Russian people know that they are alone in this. And they have a choice. They can topple this tyrant or go down in history uh, on the dark side. So, you know, we have to, as artists... We have to stand up for freedom. We have to stand up for liberty. We have to stand up for Ukraine. Because as you said, we're an inflection point in history. And if Ukraine goes backwards, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the next 50 years look like, but it's not good. By the way, John, uh, the uh, apparatchiks for Putin are now saying he wants to be called our ruler instead of president. Did you read that? <laughs> yeah. Not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not at all. It's it's scary. I mean, the guy's a monster. And but these Ukrainians, Mark, I wish you were there. There was a moment when we were filming the orchestra, and and I, out of the corner of my eye, we we're performing. I saw this general coming over, and he came to us, and we exchanged some words through a translator. And he asked he asked to hear the song, and the orchestra. You could just see their pride. They, they their back stiffened, and they started plane and they took flight and their vigor and their passion and halfway through the song he took out his phone and he started filming them and they were crying and then the song ended and there was this moment of silence that probably two seconds felt like two years but in that location in the rubble there were still body parts around i mean it was crazy it was a war zone in front of that maria the symbol of ukrainian independence to see the stoicism and the pride and the spine of these people and the compassion through music it was, uh, it was a moment I'll never forget and certainly clarified while we were there. John Andrazik, I want to thank you. You're a great patriot. What you've done here is fantastic. And uh, God bless you, my friend. 
Thank you. If everybody could share the video, all proceeds go to support Save Our Allies. They are incredible. They need every penny. And we make sure that the money goes to the right place. I saw it firsthand. So, Mark, you have been a champion of Zelensky. You've been champion of freedom your whole life. So thank you. And thank you for inspiring some of the lyrics of this song. And uh, as I said, you know, we'll never be Lennon and McCartney, but Androsik and Levin. You know, we're oh, working geez. on it. <laughs> Sounds like a law firm, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> we might need right, one brother. after this. <laughs> all right, God buddy. bless you. You take care. Mr. Producer, let's put links all over our social sites, can we? Folks, really, download this song. It's fantastic, and you'll be supporting a very, very important cause. We'll be right back. Lovin. Well, we have our buddy Newt Gingrich with us, one of the great thinkers of our time, one of the great speakers in modern American history. Newt, how are you? Very great, and very excited to be with you. Uh, you've had a remarkable impact with your American Marxism book and with your, your continuing, I think, a remarkably incisive look at what's going on in America. Thank you, Newt. And by the way, America, I have been a Newt Gingrich fan since he was a professor and I was a teenager. Not to, not to age you, Newt. I'm not that young myself. But uh, when my older God. brother, my older brother yeah, gave me your first book, which I still have on my shelf. All right, but we have a great book here. It's Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. This is it, isn't it, Newt? It's now or never. That's right. And, and you know, what drove me to write the book is I'm, I'm pretty sure – we're going to win a performance-based election because they're doing so badly in the Biden administration and in the Democratic Congress. But if all you win is on performance, that lets them come back later and say, well, those were just the personalities. The ideas are really okay, and give us another chance. I mean, we've been through this with Lyndon Johnson, with Jimmy Carter. Uh, we, we went through it with Barack Obama. You know, and in a sense, what you have with Biden is a further left-wing version of Obama, uh, and we want to we want to defeat the core ideas, as well as defeating the people who have such terrible policies at a practical level. And uh, I learned this uh, from Margaret Thatcher, who had set out to defeat socialism, uh, starting in 1975 when she became the opposition leader, and she destroyed socialism as an alternative in Britain. Uh, no left-wing labor leader has become prime minister in 40 years. And we need a campaign, and this is the whole point of defeating big government socialism as a book. We need a campaign that drives home, you know, that this is not because Joe Biden is, has cognitive problems. It's not because Kamala Harris has a weird laugh. Uh, it's not because AOC is just plain strange. The things they believe in do not work. They're destructive, they hurt Americans, and they hurt America, and we need to defeat the, the ideas they have as well as the policies. So we need people who are capable of articulating this, right? Whether they're running yep. for office or they're at the dinner table. That's the point of your book. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the book so that every American who cares about the future of the country now has a handbook they can use to talk to their friends and their neighbors, to talk to people, you know, at the local coffee shop, uh, so that you, 
You can be armed with the facts. You can be armed with the core arguments. And it's astonishing. I mean, if you look at what, for example, Reagan did with cutting taxes, cutting regulations, ending inflation, creating long-term economic growth, then you go through the left ignoring all that, and you come right back with Trump, who basically applies the Reagan model. It works again. And then they, they promptly discard it in favor of high inflation, high taxes, you know, an anti-American energy policy. I mean, when you have a, a group that believes oil from Venezuela or Iran or Russia or Saudi Arabia, that's good oil. But oil from Texas or Pennsylvania or North Dakota, that's bad oil. I mean, you have to assume that these people are just basically anti-American. This whole movement uh, really bucking the uh, monopoly in our public school systems uh, is a very, very encouraging movement, isn't it? That uh, we have more homeschooling, more uh, parochial schools, different types of private schools. Parents really now um, sort of uh, zoned in on what's taking place. This is a good start, isn't it? It's a great start. And, and uh, you know, the state of Arizona just passed uh, the first really statewide education freedom yeah. bill uh, and uh, allows people to take the money from the state for their child and spend it in a very wide range of ways so that uh, I like the way uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos put it. She is for education freedom, which is much broader than just school choice. It, you, you may decide you want to homeschool. You may want to be part of an apprenticeship program. There are a lot of options available in America. The book, it's a terrific book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future, The Great Newt Gingrich. You can get it on Amazon.com. It just came out. Any major bookstore, I want to encourage you to get it. And he's right. This really is a, uh, it's a guiding light on how to expand our and express our viewpoints and how to confront these leftists. When we come back, Newt Gingrich, my question to you is this. Do you think the Republican Party as an institution understands what's taking place in this country in terms of the of the dangers that we face? In other words, the opposition isn't interested in debating over policy as much as they're interested in destroying what exists and replacing it all together. When we come back, Newt Gingrich, the book is Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. It's now or never, folks. Amazon.com. You can get it right now, and it'll be delivered to your doorstep tomorrow. I'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation 
forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Newt Gingrich is the author of a blockbuster new book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. It's available right now, five stars. You can get it on Amazon.com. You'll you'll receive it tomorrow. It's fresh off the presses. Newt Gingrich, my question to you is this. We need the active participation of this audience, men and women all over this country, if we're going to get this country back and protect its liberty. Isn't that your point? Yeah, the key is simple. Uh, The American people, if informed, and if aroused, can defeat the radical elites who are trying to take over our lives and take over our country. But it's not going to happen without an extraordinarily difficult fight because they command big corporations, they command most of the news media, they command the Justice Department, the FBI. I mean, you go down the list, it is really Uh sobering uh, how over the last 30 or 40 years uh, people who are essentially hostile to the United States have become the the primary dominating factor, even though they're a very small minority. Uh, but they're a very it's like a religious movement. They're they're very deeply committed to their value system, and they're very willing to uh, punish or destroy the rest of us if that's what it takes. Uh, it's 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 extraordinary. It is extraordinary, and it's frightening. And uh, when you look at the Department of Justice, when you look at the highest levels of the military, the Milley types and the Austin types, the highest levels of the National Security Council and the State Department and so forth, they own those institutions. And it's very difficult to dislodge them, and you take a lot of hell for it. Reagan did, and Trump did. And we have to back our leaders who are willing to take them on, correct? Absolutely. You, you know, when, when you realize that there's a group out there actively offering rewards for people who identify where the six conservative Supreme Court justices are, well, this is totally illegal. It's a felony. And you have a totally political U.S. attorney general who is doing nothing. You have an FBI which is doing nothing. Uh, And what you have is the most politicized and most corrupt system I think we've probably seen in modern American history. I mean, you know, forget Hunter Biden and the million barrels of oil sold to the Chinese company out of our strategic petroleum reserve, which would normally be an impeachable scandal just by itself. And you look at all these different pieces and you realize uh, we are literally in danger of spiraling out of control now. As you pointed out, for example, with parents, uh, we're seeing all over and over again the American people rise up. And, 
I mean, in San Francisco, the communist district attorney, literally communist district attorney, was recalled with over 60 percent of the vote, despite millions spent to defend him, uh, because people were just sick of it. And I think you're going to see a steady backlash as people finally begin to stand up and assert themselves. But it makes the election this fall really important, and it makes winning the argument about what, what's really going on, uh, I think, very important. This is not just random accidents. It's not just because Biden is a little foo-foo. Uh, these, this is a value system. It is a set of, of people who, by any reasonable standard, are crazy, uh, and they believe in things that make no sense in the real world. Uh, but because, like a religious cult, they believe in them, they act on them, and they're prepared to punish you uh, if you don't pretend to agree with them. They, they even change the language. They even change uh, thousands of years of reality, or they try to. They well, want their beliefs. The way, the, the, yeah. there's, there's, there's a wonderful irony. This is why, in the yeah. end, these kind of radical groups collapse. Okay. On the one hand, uh, you have a Supreme Court uh, justice now who can't define what a woman is. On the other hand, they are they are enraged about a woman's right in terms mm-hmm. of abortion. Now you can't have both. Uh, no, all it's bizarre. Sudden, all of a sudden, birthing person disappears, and women's rights reappear. Uh, and I think you know you you have a military right now which is spending more time training on the correct pronouns than than training on how to win wars. Well, that's not going to last very long. It's not possible, but. It's going to take the action of millions of citizens who stand up just as the parents you described are standing up and uh, deciding that they're going to change things. You know, you would think a natural ally would be these these companies, but they're not natural allies for the most part, are they? The reason they're not goes to the heart of what happened. When places like Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Stanford began to brainwash people into hard left ideas. They produce very smart graduates who then go to become the advisors to corporate CEOs. So you now have in all the big corporations sort of a senior executive class, all of whom are are basically so far on the left that they're nuts. And I, I have friends, for example, who work in big companies who are afraid to say what they really believe because they'll be fired. I mean, it's, it's the opposite of what you would have thought 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, and I think this is a major problem. And again, it's a sign of how deep the system decayed and how, how difficult and challenging uh, the, the process of working our way back is going to be. On the other hand, you have a news media that's now so blatantly, clearly dishonest and so totally sold out that they have almost no real impact on people anymore. And you actually have, you know, shows like yours and shows like Sean Hannity and, and the Internet and, and podcasts and a whole range of methods of communication. And there's there are really two parallel cultures now. Uh, and, and as the left has become more openly and, and clearly out of touch with, with the American people, it's actually begun to be easier to take them on and to ignore their attacks. Is this not one reason why... They wish to use Washington to impose their views on the red states or the states that don't conform. Is it not one of the reasons why they're really angry with the Supreme Court, even beyond the Dobbs decision? Because 
they owned the Supreme Court from their perspective. And that is how elections or no elections, popular or not, they were able to impose their will. Yeah, I look, I think from the time that Earl Warren was nominated and what Eisenhower said was his biggest single mistake in 1953. From that time on until until uh, Donald Trump, it's fair to say that this was a liberal court. <clears throat> and it's fair to say that the left got in the habit of thinking, I will impose on you. You don't want to bake a, bake a cake for me? I'm going to take you to court. Uh, you don't want to say the right words? I'm going to take you to court. You want to try to pray? I'm going to take you to court. And they relied, these were all issues that they couldn't win in a legislative body. They couldn't win in a popular election. And so they became a movement of lawyers. And in fact, if you watch carefully, that's what they're trying to do right now. They they have an Iranian Ayatollah approach to to what is actually a very elaborate maneuver to keep Trump from even running again, mm-hmm. because they think they can find a way to create a, a presumption that he was involved in an insurrection and therefore a presumption that he cannot be allowed on the ballot. And it's, it's a classic. Once you're the lawyering party and, and you think you have to use the law because you can no longer trust the people. You get into these kind of really nutty, crazy behaviors. Well, what Trump did, which is one of the, you know, by itself would have justified his presidency, is the appointment of of the right kind of solid, conservative, serious Supreme Court justices changed the entire balance of power in the jurisprudence of the United States. And you're a lawyer, you know much more about this than I do. But the result is all of a sudden, if you're a liberal, Everything you thought you had gained in the last 50 or 60 years is up for grabs. And the reason that Dobbs mattered so much to them was if if this court had the courage to overthrow Roe versus Wade, which which is not historically uh, unique, it had been done several times before, uh, and you you do have every right to go back if you think a decision was wrong and change it. Uh, But if they had the courage to do that, who knows what they're going to do next? And so every left-wing group now is, is terrified and is, is beginning to fantasize nightmares about what the Trump court's going to do. That's Newt Gingrich. The book is Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. Folks, I would encourage you to get a copy immediately on Amazon.com. It'll be delivered to your door tomorrow. Uh, free delivery if you order within the next three hours, as well as I understand it. Defeating being government socialism, saving America's future. This is a kind of message that needs to get out. It needs to get out. It's very, very important. Because Newt Gingrich, we can't win every election. Even if we have a landslide this cycle and with the presidency next cycle. Right. Your point is we gotta fight not just politically but culturally, right? That's right. We have we have to win the cultural argument that they're wrong. And that's what Thatcher did, and, and she destroyed socialism as an alternative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we have an opportunity to have the same impact this year in America because they're doing such a bad job that if we tie bad performance to bad policy, we can educate a generation and potentially set the tone for the next two or three generations. All right, Newt Gingrich, I can tell you're under the weather. I want to thank you for coming on the sure. program, Defeating Big it. Government Socialism. I want people to know. It's not only tough to write a book, it's tougher to talk about the book in a hundred different forums. 
So uh, I want to thank you, Newt. Good, good job. Great it. job as always. Thank you. Take care. You too. Amazon.com, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. It is a great book. It reminds me a little bit of the Conscience of Conservative book by Barry Goldwater, which was a fantastic primer. Or is it primer? It's both. When I say primer, it's a fantastic primer for conservatism. This is a fantastic primer for what's going on in this country and what you can do about it. Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future, Newt Gingrich. I encourage you to go on Amazon.com. Am I all caught up or not, Mr. Producer? We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, folks, uh, Newt Gingrich is really a very unique person. He's a brilliant, brilliant thinker. Very much a modern philosopher for conservatism and an activist. And people like that don't come along all the time. I can think of a handful of them today. And I just want you to keep that in mind. Because we're not on this earth forever. And sometimes we're among people who are really, and we're fortunate to be among them, who are really remarkable and unique. And I think Newt is one of them. Thomas Sowell is another. And I can go down a list. It's not a long list. But I always enjoy talking to Newt. And you could tell he was a bit under the weather. But I, I enjoy having him on TV. I enjoy having him on radio. But most of all, I enjoy reading what he writes. And uh, this book that he has out now, I, I cannot encourage you strong enough to get your copy. It is a great Newt Gingrich book. And as I said, kind of grew up with Newt Gingrich. The book is Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. Walter Williams was another recently passed. It's very upsetting, isn't it? Milton Friedman. Bill Buckley. William Rusher. And there were others. But Newt Gingrich is in there. And um, it's important that we listen to what he has to say and the way he says it. Uh, And he was a fantastic speaker who came under horrendous attack. They tried to destroy him, too. Look, they try to destroy all of the people who you and I admire. Destroy them during their lives and or after their passing. We've covered a lot today, ladies and gentlemen. We've had great guests. I can count on one hand how many times we've had three guests. Right, Mr. Producer? But all three of them, just fantastic. I want to encourage you to to get that song. To go online, you can go on our social sites. It's all there. It's very, very important. Can One Man Save the World by John Odrosnik. He's absolutely great patriot. Newt's book, Defeating Big Government Socialism, Saving America's Future. You're going to love that book. And, of course, Jim Jordan, a tremendously important voice on Capitol Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. Our truckers, Ukrainian brothers and sisters, 
and you. I'll see you tomorrow. 